Chapter 8. Respect Yourself. Charlie, Amy's voice was on the other end of the phone. Ford just told me he didn't officially invite you over to watch the game tonight. Of course we expect you to come. We're grilling out as usual. Come on over around five. Charlie watched Carol prepping lunch in the kitchen. They'd talked again that morning, agreeing it was probably best not to tell anyone they were seeing each other yet. Their relationship was still so new they wanted to keep it to themselves. No small feat in a small town, he'd reminded her. Only in Texas would a city of 100,000 be considered small, Carol had laughed. Actually, I think I'll just watch it on my own tonight, Charlie said to Amy, wincing at the lie to one of his oldest friends. Been a long week. I'm just going to relax at home with some pizza or something. Nonsense, Amy said. We always grill burgers for the night games. It's tradition. We'll see you at five. I, I really can't tonight. I'm sorry. She was so quiet that for a moment he thought they'd lost the connection. Okay, then. I'll tell Ford. She paused. Charlie, is there something else you want to talk about? Anything else going on? He looked again at Carol, who raised her eyebrows at him. No, Amy, he said a little louder. Carol nodded and winked as she turned back to chopping celery. Everything's fine. Just, you know, going to spend a little time on my own tonight. You know how that goes. Again, he winced. He'd never been good at lying, and he hated not sharing this development with his closest friends. Truthfully, he thought, it wasn't just about the desire to keep the new relationship private. He was also concerned about their reaction, Amy's in particular. She had been Honey's best friend, and now she and Carol had gotten close. Though Ford had broached the topic of his dating a handful of times over the last five years, Amy had always seemed bothered when he brought it up. He and Carol had both managed to avoid her for the last couple of weeks after she had almost caught them together at Cal's party, but he knew that couldn't last forever. Charlie really didn't know how she was going to take it when she found out the two of them were seeing each other. I'll just have to figure it out later, he thought, as he put the phone down and went to help Carol finish lunch. Her neighborhood had a highly rated elementary school and featured houses built mostly in the 1960s, Carol's included. The previous owners had made a few cosmetic upgrades, painting the brick gray, adding shutters to the front windows, and installing a new front door. It still needed some work, though, and every time he came over, Charlie found another project to take on. He'd mowed her yard and power-washed the patio earlier that week. You know you don't have to earn your keep around here, she said as they ate. We'll let you just hang out with us, right, Cal? Right, Cal agreed. Except you'll still put up my round swing today, right? Carol and Charlie laughed. Well, so much for that, she said. I'll put up the swing, then we'll just hang out and watch the game tonight. Promise, he replied. That giant catalpa in the front is perfect for it, and you're going to love how it blooms in the spring. After lunch, he and Cal headed out to put the swing together and bolt it to the tree. Charlie propped a ladder next to the tree and climbed a few branches up, while Cal stood at the bottom, handing him tools and asking him questions every step of the way. Hey, Mr. Charlie, what kind of bolts are these again? Eye bolts. Cal cackled. Hey, Mr. Charlie, what's this one? Charlie looked down. An electric drill. Be careful there, bud. Hey, what do you use a new, new, pneumonia drill for? A pneumatic drill? Ah, to break up rock or pavement, that kind of thing. This is the coolest day ever. How much longer till you're done? Charlie grinned. Hmm, maybe just long enough for you to eat that big bowl of ice cream your mom promised when you ate all your celery at lunch. Oh yeah, Cal said. Okay, I'll go do that, then come back and swing. It's a deal, Charlie said. 
He had just finished securing the last part of the swing and was halfway down the ladder when he heard a car door close. He looked through the branches and saw Amy looking up at him, her hands on her hips. Hi, Charlie, she said. He came the rest of the way down the ladder. He'd rolled up the sleeves of his blue and white checked shirt to work on the swing, but he still felt painfully hot. He wasn't sure if it was from being outside or because of the conversation he knew he was about to have. Hi, Amy, he replied, taking out his handkerchief and wiping his forehead. At that moment, Carol, barefoot in jeans and a Baylor t-shirt, came out of the front door, glass of water in hand. You thirsty, sweetheart? she called, then stopped in the middle of the yard when she saw Amy, who drew back as if she'd been punched in the gut. Carol froze, then walked the rest of the way to Amy and Charlie and handed him the water. He took it, but wasn't sure what to say next. Carol, Amy turned directly toward her. I came by to see if you wanted to watch the Baylor game at our house tonight. Charlie said he couldn't make it. Amy glanced at him, giving him what Ford called her death stare. I thought you might be free to meet our new neighbor. He's an attorney, single, and just about your age, she said pointedly. But now I see you wouldn't be interested in either of those options. She looked like she was about to cry, turned quickly, and ran toward her car. Amy, come on, wait a minute, Charlie called, jogging after her. She slammed the door, and the Mercedes squealed away and sped down the street. The boys next door were throwing a football around, but had stopped to watch the interaction as had the two mothers who were pushing running strollers on the sidewalk. It seemed like half the families on the block were outside, and Charlie knew several of them from church. He sighed as Carol stood behind him and put her chin on his shoulder. I guess the secret's out then, she said. I guess so, he agreed. Charlie, I have to ask again, are you sure you're okay with all of this? He turned toward her and pulled her close, wrapping her in a tight, protective hug. I'm okay. You? he asked, kissing her forehead, suddenly not caring at all who was watching. Mm-hmm, she nodded as he kissed her cheek and headed for her lips when she put her hands on his chest. I'm worried about Amy, though. Will you call Ford? Ford pulled his own silver Mercedes into the cemetery lot, where Amy's Baylor Green model was the only other car. He saw his wife sitting in front of her best friend's grave and said a quick prayer for wisdom. He'd learned over the last 25 years of marriage that he needed a lot of wisdom when dealing with Amy. He walked over and sat beside her on the grass. Early September in Texas was still quite warm, but there was the slightest breeze in the afternoons and a subtle shadow to the light that promised a true fall would be there soon. He sat beside her on the crunchy grass, saw her tear-stained face, and put his arm around her shoulders. You're missing the game. Must be pretty serious. I'm sure Charlie's filled you in by now, she said angrily. Why don't you tell me your version of things, he asked. Ford never quite left being a lawyer behind, even when he was off the clock. Oh, don't patronize me, Ford, she said. You know why I'm mad. After 30 years of friendship, everything we've been through, he lied to us. He kept this from us. And why do you think he did that, he asked. Objection, Your Honor, speculation, he chuckled. Come on, Amy, I'm trying to help. I'm sure he had his reasons for keeping it to himself. Darn right he did. Ford looked over, surprised. Darn was about the closest his wife ever came to cursing. He knew we wouldn't approve. She's too young for him. He's too old for her, and honey's barely been gone. She trailed off as she started to cry again, her shoulders shaking. He pulled her closer to him as she continued to cry. She's been gone five years, he said gently. 
Five years is a long time to be alone. She stiffened. He's not alone. He has the girls and he has us, she replied. You know what I mean, Ford said. It's got to be tough not to have a partner. We still have each other and we don't really know what it's been like for Charlie to lose that. Even though we went through it all with him, I can't even imagine losing you. He looked at his wife fondly and kissed her on the top of her head. Is that how long you'd wait? She asked. If something happened to me, five years? She lifted her chin at him. Oh, Amy, is that what this is about? He asked. You know I'll insist on going first. He winked. Ford, I just... She trailed off as she tried to wipe her tears off of his starched shirt. It was always you and me and Honey and Charlie. I'd hate to think any of us could so easily be replaced. Hey, no one could ever replace you. Ever. He shifted to face her and took her chin in his hand. You know you're one of a kind. He kissed her firmly. And I'd venture to say Charlie isn't replacing Honey, but I'll talk to him. He continued. And you know you shouldn't feel guilty about being friends with Carol either. I thought I was her friend, Ford, but if we really were friends, she would have told me about this. She knew I wanted to fix her up with somebody. I could have found someone else, someone more appropriate for her. Someone not... Someone not Charlie? He asked gently. Oh, you should have heard her calling him sweetheart and acting like she'd known him as long as we have. Don't turn justice into bitterness, Amy. Think about it from their perspective. They might have just wanted to see if it was going to work before telling anyone else. And they were probably worried about your reaction in particular, though I can't imagine why. She scowled back at him, and he grinned. He loved it when she got sassy. Let's go home, darling, he said, standing, taking her hand, and pulling her to her feet. We need to see if Baylor wins this game and you have a pot of coffee that's not going to drink itself. The next day at church, Carol dropped off Cal at kids' worship, then paused in the lobby. She'd pulled her hair into a semi-neat top knot and dressed a little more conservatively than usual in a camel-colored T-length skirt and off-white blouse. She still felt nervous, though. It's the same church, she said to herself, the same place you've been going for four months. Nothing to be nervous about. She smoothed her hair back again, then quietly opened the door to the side of the sanctuary during the second song of the service. She was considering going to the balcony, but Charlie, in his usual spot, saw her at once and waved her over. She hesitated, glanced two rows back towards Amy and Ford in their normal seats, then finally walked over to join Charlie. He stepped out to let her into the row as the song finished. At the worship leader's prompting, they greeted people around them. The senior adult couple in the row behind them looked surprised to see them sitting together. Charlie, who's your friend today? He put his hand on Carol's back and introduced her, then started chatting with the man as the woman turned to talk to someone on her other side. In the next section over, two ladies Carol recognized from her Wednesday evening Bible study didn't even try to conceal their stares or whispers. In the balcony, she also spotted the teenage boys who lived next door and had been playing football in their yard during yesterday's argument with Amy. Her face felt hot and she swallowed hard. She'd never felt this awkward in church before. Carol snuck a look back at her friend and wondered if she'd bump into her at the coffee station after the service. Of course, she and Ford were speaking to everyone around them, but Carol suspected Amy was keeping one eye on her the whole time, too. Charlie seemed completely fine, but Carol felt like the entire auditorium was staring at them. As they finally sat down and the choir began the next song, he leaned over and whispered, Feel like the whole place is watching us. Relieved, she laughed quietly, and he continued, They need to be thinking about Jesus. She put her hand over her mouth to hold her laughter in and leaned closer to him. 
enjoying the feel of his broad shoulder next to hers. She wondered if he'd been working out more and tried not to think too much about that during church. Hush, you'll get us in trouble, she whispered. They grinned at each other, and he gave her a wink before returning his attention to the front. Good morning, Ford said the next day, glancing up from his coffee and Wall Street Journal. He knew he could read it online, but he liked the feel of the print in his hand. Morning, Charlie said. Hey, Charlie, Marge called from the counter. Your usual? Yes, please, he said. Within minutes, he had a steaming plate of eggs, grits, and bacon, crispy, along with black coffee, the same breakfast he'd been eating with Ford every week for five years. Ford had what had become his usual, an egg white omelet, a concession after a heart attack two years before, when he'd also conceded to let Amy leave her job and come home full-time, allegedly to relieve some of the stress in his life. He put the paper down and leaned back, unable to contain a smile. So, Carol, huh? Charlie's eyes never left his plate, but Ford could see his friend's own smile growing, the wide, genuine grin Ford realized he'd not seen in a long time maybe since Honey got sick. After a few bites, Charlie finally looked up, nodded, and chuckled. I didn't really see it coming, but whew, she is something else, he said. Ford cleared his throat and said, Okay, tell me the truth now. Is it more about... He trailed off and turned his head to one side. What? Charlie asked. You know, Ford replied. Is all this really about the physical factor? He asked, staring at Charlie over his glasses. Good grief, Charlie said. No, we haven't even, but surely it's crossed your mind, Ford interrupted, taking another sip of coffee and enjoying Charlie's discomfort. I'm not talking about this, Charlie insisted. Okay, okay, settle down. I'm just looking out for you. A man has needs and all that, but I want to make sure you're thinking clearly, Ford said. It's been a long time since you've dated. Carol is young and beautiful, and I can see the appeal there, he chuckled. Don't tell Amy I said that, by the way, just speaking objectively. Charlie laughed. Okay, you want the truth? Of course she's attractive. I'm not blind, but I didn't really notice her in that way for a long time. It was that the more I was around her, the easier it was to like her. She's creative and kind and funny. She just, man, she just overflows with joy. She loves her son and she loves the Lord. That's where the real beauty is and you're old enough to know it. He pointed his fork at Ford before digging back into his grits. Indeed I do, Ford said. I just wanted to make sure you knew that too. Charlie nodded. Well, thanks for looking out for me then, he said. Ford cleared his throat again before they could get too sentimental. About Amy, though. She cares about you, too. She's a bulldozer, Charlie countered. She is. She is. You're right. But she's a bulldozer full of love. He laughed. Don't tell her I said that, either. I don't like this tension, Charlie admitted. Goodness knows I don't. I'm the one that has to live with her. That's why I moved our breakfast up on the schedule this week. She was fuming after your display at church yesterday. What display? Oh, and y'all were carrying on right before the choir sang. Let's see, she said you were, and I quote, behaving like teenagers, that it was completely inappropriate, and you are too old for this nonsense. Charlie rolled his eyes. It wasn't that bad, was it? No, you were both just grinning at each other like a couple of mules. She refused to get her coffee after the service, and that's when she and Carol usually talk. She was irritable all afternoon. See, Amy misses her already, Charlie said. You've said yourself that Amy adores her. If she could get past this, they could be really good for each other. Then you have to apologize, Ford told him, finishing the last bite of his omelet. I didn't do anything wrong, Charlie protested. Charlie, 
You were married for 20 years. You know how this goes. Wrong or not, you have to apologize to make this right, Ford said. You should have told her first, or at least let her think you were asking her permission. I'm sure you can find something to be sorry for. Just apologize. Ford stood up, took one last sip of coffee, folded his paper, and tapped his friend on the shoulder. Think about it. Let me know what I can do to help smooth this over. The house has been unpleasant. He smiled tightly.